Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to Love and Other Stuff. I'm Sharuk. And I'm Lala. And today we are jumping right into it. Uh, much like many students across the country and across the world are jumping right into school. Exactly. It is back to school season. And um, for a lot of uh, a lot of people, a lot of students, it might bring about like, you know, a variety of different emotions, um, excitement, nerves, anxiety. Um, I know for me, like when it was back to school time in September and the good old the good old days, I used to feel like a, a lot of emotions, but um, mainly because like for me, I used to be excited but at the same time I used to get really nervous before school just because I dealt with a lot of like stuttering issues and before starting I used to get really in my head that like oh I'm gonna screw up I'm gonna make a fool of myself in front of everyone and like week after week on Sundays I used to just like get so nervous and think like, oh my God, it's a new week of school. I'm going to be stuttering again. And I just used to get like really, really nervous and like about about dealing with, with all of that. Um, so I know like, you know, a lot of young people might deal with the same issues, but there's a lot of anxieties surrounding, um, surrounding other experiences that they might be going through as well. Um, did you ever have any back to school anxieties, Lala? Like I know we lived in the same house but like (laughs) were you going through something uh that I didn't tell you about that you exactly um well no I don't think we were like aware of each other no like we were aware of each other but I don't think we were like aware of a kind of like each other's anxieties and stuff when it came to this stuff like when it came to back to school or I don't know because what my my memories of like us and um it's kind of school season are just like really kind of happy ones so any anxiety you felt I didn't that wasn't like I it wasn't picked up on um so but I actually yeah I had like similar anxieties because I um I used to stutter as well um and I okay so I used to do this thing before like morning and afternoon registration which I don't understand why they do by the way <laughs> like what take take attendance yeah take attendance yeah in the morning and then because especially in primary school like you're not leaving no one is I understand attendance before every like before class when you're in uh, college or university but in primary school (laughs) I don't I don't understand it like you're like you're in the same class the teacher can see that you're there anyway um, so I used to think about and I used to practice saying good morning so that I didn't stutter. Like I used to practice saying it in my head and I would know who was before me and like I would just build up this anxiety before my name would come up. And then sometimes I'd get through it, sometimes I wouldn't. But like the relief of after like, okay, I'm done. I don't have to say anything. I've, I said good morning. I'm fine like it would just like that relief would wash over me but then it um in the afternoon it would be the same thing and it was like it was like a daily struggle and sometimes like I wouldn't put my hand up if I knew the answer to stuff 
because I was like, I, I just, I can't, I can't stutter. Like, I don't want to stutter in front of people. Yeah, so, I feel, yeah. I feel the exact same way. I think I used to, I used to do the same actually, like psych myself up either like while they were doing the register or you know just a bit before and be like okay here's how many ways you can say good morning or here's how many ways you can say yes miss or yes sir and like I used to go through it in my in my head and just be like okay what are you gonna pause before you say it just to make it sound nice it used to be such a struggle for me and like I don't know like now as an adult there's like a bit of stuttering like that's just natural but I think when I was younger I can't speak for your experience mine used to be like I used to feel like mine was so bad like dreading having to read out loud in class and I don't think that I noticed or that I'm I mean looking back now I don't remember that people ever really picked up on it um, I think mm. I was just too much in my head thinking that yeah. our kids are going to be noticing how I'm stuttering. But now I just be like, well, all kids are bloody bastards. Kids are oh mean. My God, kids, kids, kids are, are bullies. so mean. And I would kids feel like so if mean. I was a kid now and I would start, they'd just be like, oh, and I would just cry in a corner by myself. <laughs> um no I so I don't think anyone picked up on it but that's because I like the way I stuttered wasn't how it's not like the classical stuttering of like the like the repetition of the syllables and stuff mine was uh my voice broke a little just then so sad about it still mine was that no no noise would come out so like I would try to speak but no noise would come out and it would it like I don't know it it was just like it was just trapped in my throat and I would try and try and to get it out but like nothing would nothing would work nothing would come out so I'd kind of have to stop take a break and either try again a little bit later or just completely give up on saying what I wanted to say or no yeah it wouldn't be like it would be a certain word so if I'm saying a sentence and I'm trying to say a certain word and that word wasn't coming out I have to like I have to change the word or but it's it was re it was clear that I was having trouble saying the word but it just mm. it would just never come out like but so I, d I don't think it was something that probably people thought that, like I was really stupid because I didn't know words <laughs> I was trying to like like I, I mean I'm doing it now there's like long breaks between my sentences and stuff they probably thought that my like what I wasn't kind of coherent and my thoughts weren't like as organized um but yeah I don't think anyone picked up on it y yeah I don't I don't think anyone picked up on it I yeah. definitely wasn't teased but also I think that the kid that um had the stutter in our class because because he had assistance and I think because he was like really cool he was quite funny it was just it was just so normal to people maybe I had like a really I didn't wasn't really aware of any bullying that happened in my class and I we just all really liked him so I think it was kind of like normalized for us yeah so, I definitely yeah. feel like there's a huge difference in like back to school nowadays and back to school you know like however many years ago 15 20 years ago or whatever um oh my god was now were we in school I don't know we were in school a long time ago <laughs> a long um, time ago 
um but because now it's like it's a whole fanfare you know you've got like the yummy mummies picking up their kids at like the school gate so everyone's all like decked to the nines and you've got the kids coming back from uh, the summer holidays you know with like the latest in designer wear i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> you Cap know kids. all this all this all this like you know cool stuff um but there was like there was a nice um instagram post by Joe Schilling, an MMA fighter, he posted it on uh, Monday, the 3rd of September. So it starts off with, please read. Special request to all you kids returning to school in the next few days. If you see someone who is struggling to make friends or being bullied because he or she doesn't have many friends or because they are shy or not as pretty or not dressed in the most in clothes, please step up. Say hi or at least smile at them in the hallway. You never know what that person might be facing outside of school. Your kindness might just make a big difference in someone's life. Repost if you agree. Which I completely agree. I, I get it. But and I don't but I I personally think I mean I don't know what demographic this is aimed at. Like it's probably aimed at like mm, kind of like high schoolers or like year five year six when kind of kids are starting to become a little bit more aware but like children like young children I I don't think they have that issue like I it's I personally think that it's something that is like learned that's definitely learned behavior like bullying is learned behavior like kids will go and say hi to other kids just because they want to and they want to play like you've got something that I I want to play with let's let's play like yeah I think that kind of like that is it's definitely learned behavior and I don't I think it's um kind of aimed at like high schoolers and stuff I think that that's that's very aimed at like the at the Americans as well because like we have school uniforms I think to avoid that to avoid the whole you know not dressed in like the in clothes and kind of being bullied for that kind of stuff you know um yeah I mean on some level I kind of agree but I also think like talking about um who this post is aimed at you've got you know like parents who could be in their 30s in their 40s uh, who like read this, who have kids and who are like, actually, do you know what? I'm going to show this to little Mary Sue when she comes back home so that, you know, she kind of has an, has an understanding and an idea of like what it is out there. So I think it's also like, you know, probably aimed at, you know, high schoolers, secondary school, whatever, college kids. But also yeah. I think it's important for parents who see this to you know communicate that to their children but at the same time because it's twitter and because it's social media and because you can reach such a wide audience you have people who have um, reposted this um this post as well so you have like you know chris pratt who's been in uh, marvel movies and that's really popular with you know everyone of all ages and people are going to see that and they're going to be like you know that message is going to is going to come across so because it is it is social media i think the message is more widespread but going back to your point about like um clothes um i was going to i was going to mention something about mufti days do you remember mufti days back in like primary school and secondary school hang on hang on hang on you you call them mufti 
They were mufti days, right? No, they were mufti. It's an ah uh sound. Mufti. mufti days. Mufti. Who mufti. calls them mufti? Oh, we had a teacher that called it mufti one time. Who? I don't know. I think there must have been a teacher that called it mufti. No, muftis are like religious leaders, no? <laughs> That's where the name comes from. What? Yeah. If you look into the history, that name is taken from the Arabic word for scholar, which is kind of like, oh, you're a scholar, but I don't know how it relates into dressing casually. I guess you're like a casual scholar. What? Mufti. Okay. You can look it up later, but I'm telling you, that's where the word comes from. But anyway, about Mufti days. Mufti days. Mufti um, days. I think like... Okay, we wore school uniform throughout the year and there were a couple of days a year where you could like be in your own clothes. But I used to feel so much pressure about, you know, having to kind of like l- not look a certain way, but, um, you know, wear certain clothes and be cool and kind of have that right look. Otherwise, you know, people going to be like, oh, you've got old clothes or whatever. Like, I don't think I got bullied for my clothes but I remember feeling pressure to look a certain way and have certain clothes um and I and as a result of that I felt like I always compared myself to other people and I think that's something that kids go through um now as well because like you know with the rise of social media and so much social pressure on kids to have certain things and look a certain way like you've got 13 year old girls who just like are so glammed up on social media how is that translating in schools with girls that are you know that are not the same and necessarily like they don't want to be like that obviously everyone has their own preference about how they want to look but if you're a girl that feels like you're a bit left out, there's definitely, you know, a sense of not belonging. And I think that that definitely like, you know, builds into the anxiety of going back to school and seeing what other people have and what you might not have as well for you. Um. So I don't remember having or feeling any pressure with Mufti Days, but I do understand the whole comparing yourself thing. I do think that... I did that and I did kind of like look at other people and go like, oh, that's a really nice outfit. It was literally just jeans and a top. (laughs) Like, I don't, like no one wore anything that was like super fancy. And also back then, like, it wasn't really, maybe it was just like the area that we grew up in. Like people weren't really big on, people didn't really have kind of designer gear. Like they weren't decked out four mufti days and like oh look at my like fenty tracksuit or like whatever it is the, the most designer was like adidas or nike but even then if you were like oh i don't have adidas or nike it still what? made you feel bad oh my god the um no i remember a6 um trainers do you remember them what are a6 trainers a the ace a6 i don't recall well, they're like they're they're still going. They're a big brand now. I don't Saying know. That though, do you know? Do you know the one thing that I really wanted to wear for Mufti Days? The trainers that light up. <laughs> oh my god! I really, really, really wanted light up trainers. Really. Thankfully, I, was... I never did. <laughs> no, I really. I think oh, they were so cool. They're still so cool. No, they're not cool. I would never wear them now. At my big age. Um, but I really wanted light up trainers when I was younger. And I think that that was what I would compare 
I'd be like, oh, you look nice, but your light-up trainer's amazing. But when that battery wore out, not so cool then. Are you sure it wasn't motion-censored? I'm not we sure don't how they have work. any. Yeah, we didn't have any, so we couldn't tear it apart and like check. True, true. Did we? No, I'm sure we did. I'm sure we eventually got some. I don't remember, to be honest. I honestly do not remember. Don't recall. No, I think I think I did eventually get my light up trainers. Mm. Oh, why okay. is it such a prominent? Oh, that's odd. That I don't <laughs> remember it being such a big thing in my life, even though I wanted them like loads. Exactly, which just goes to show guys that you know you can want something but then down the line do you even remember it i mean if it bought you happiness there and then that's great but you know let's focus on the stuff that'll they'll keep us happy i think yeah exactly exactly like material things trainers that you want they're only gonna keep you happy for so long exactly things come and go but happiness is forever and on that note let's take a quick break And we're back now. Um, so with the start of the new year comes uh, the you know prospect of learning new things. And um, actually, that was probably one of the highlights for me, going back to school, like being such a nerd. I used to be like, oh, this year we're going to be learning about this. It's so exciting. Um, I was probably the only one. I know in this household, I'm definitely the only one. But there is um, a new guideline. So the... Um, Uh, Let me just bring it up quickly. Uh, The uh, Department for Education in the UK has published new guidelines on how they want to revamp uh, sex education for primary and secondary school uh, education. Now, uh, the guidelines will be compulsory from September 2020, but there's already a couple of schools that are starting to teach the new subject from September this year, 2019, so that they can already, you know, introduce a couple of these um, new topics. Uh, Now, we'll go through what some of these new topics are in a bit, but do you remember uh, the sex education that you were taught in school? I the sex education that we had was um like the most basic when a mummy and daddy love each other very much um this is what happens when you get your period um this is what happens when you have a baby and this is what happens this is where sperm is made like the most basic and there was still it was like cartoons that were from like the 60s and 70s just women with full bush and it's like I mean which is like great it's fine but like it was it wasn't it wasn't new but also we were learning it um in year five so how old were we in year five uh probably like eight nine I think in year five so it's kind of I don't, it just it just feels like a really odd time like I'm not I don't know I'm not sure so I know um with the new sex education curriculum um let me just bring take a look and see what they're bringing in so they're bringing in um different kinds of relationship they're going to kind of focus on lgbtq plus um 
like rights and um, those kinds of relationships. They're going to talk about consent, which is really important. Contraceptives, mm. which we never did. Um, they're going to talk about porn um, and I think loads of other stuff. But I think what they're planning on doing here is sex education is going to be something that you're kind of consistently taught every year. So it's not that you get it in year five and then that's it. That's your sex ed done for you the rest of your life, which is, I think, what it was for us. Like, I don't remember being in, like, any kind of PSHCE or health class. Like, we didn't have a health class, but also I don't think we got any other kind of sex ed in um, secondary school. Or it, it was like a it was a repetition of this is what happens when you have your period and this is what um this this is what a marriage is. I don't know. <laughs> like I it just wasn't it was just a rehash of like the old stuff that we learnt in year five. There was nothing new at all. I only ever experienced sex education in year five, actually. I don't remember at all being taught anything about sex education in secondary school, which looking back now, either I'm misremembering, which I doubt that I am, or that is in fact the truth. So I do remember like in year five, they sat us down and told us about, you know, periods and, you know, what happens, the changes that your body is going through and all of this biological business that you you know are taught everywhere um but that was it that was basically it like we didn't we didn't get anything we weren't taught about any of the other stuff actually like it was it was just like this is what you as a woman are going to be biologically going through in the next couple of years and that's that don't have sex because you're going to get pregnant like maybe they mentioned pregnancy once but it was it was just it was just that for us like it never they didn't teach us anything else but I know that um yeah like you were saying so secondary schools from 2020 are going to be uh required to teach relationships and sex education which is so important because it talks about it talks about consent it talks about having a healthy relationship it talks about communication like it's more than just the physical it's all the other things as well yeah um primary schools are going to be required to teach relationships education so the sex education will come afterwards so okay. again that goes into the whole like you know you're constantly being taught relationships and sex education as you're you know growing up and developing whilst you're in school which is which is so important because like you know you as a young person you shape your ideas of the world in the classroom like that's where you are most of the day and you know you're just a sponge absorbing everything that's around you and it's so important that you get taught all of this stuff from a young age um that you know, I, I do really I wish not... that we had that I yeah sorry I'm just going to interrupt you just quickly um as much as you learn in the school I personally think that none of it is reinforced, like it is, it has to be reinforced by um, the people around you at home. So Absolutely. if you're, it's, there's no point learning all of this stuff and like learning what a healthy relationship is and kind of like teaching that to a child if at home they're not seeing it or they're not like, kind of it's not being, being taught, reinforced. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, it's, you know, if, they're being taught that like it's okay if you're having um thoughts that you might be gay or bi or like if this is what you're feeling you might be trans 
that and then they go home and it's like no those things don't exist like it, it it's it's a conflict that a child has to kind of like that they struggle with so if that's not being reinforced at home I don't it's going to be really difficult to kind of um implement and like see a change in because I know that they're doing this so that like society ultimately changes and that there's like we're more open and um stuff like you know masturbation isn't a taboo and like contraceptives and um oh STDs I think we were taught STDs at one point Mm, true but I think I think that was literally just because it's like sex is bad don't do it yeah exactly like there was nothing positive ever around it it was just like bad 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 pregnancy std no you're gonna go to hell if you touch yourself like it was i know but even masturbation we we weren't taught masturbation no no true like that's not that's not something that you know it was and i don't and like it was sex education was basically sex is for procreation yes sex is for making babies how like you there's no such thing there was no such thing in the curriculum of sometimes when two people love each other or sometimes when people in a relationship sometimes when people are on a night out and they want a one night stand they have sex there was none of that none of that was taught to us which I mean as an eight-year-old why would you fine yeah as an eight-year-old you don't need to know like you just yeah you know it's I guess you, it's important for you as an eight-year-old to know about relationships. But then as exactly. like an 11-year-old, 12-year-old, you should start to get as the you're gist. growing up. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. And so, but like, so the rest of my kind of sex education and the, the way that my, um, like, knowledge of like, all of this kind of stuff was shaped by the people around me and like the people in the school around me and the people who either who like their parents were way more open and had these conversations with them Mm. or they would kind of come back and be all like oh I've got a boyfriend and we had sex in the park kind of thing and I was like oh okay it's cool you lost your virginity in a bush like (laughs) is just it was just like I was just speechless because it's just you just don't you know in my head it was like oh but sex is for babies also culturally that's what we're taught like kind of coming from the middle east we are taught that there is no sex before marriage no sex before marriage no sex sex before marriage is for exactly for making children and when you've done it oh you enjoy it what i mean i don't know it depends i mean like maybe it depends around the people that you're with but still yeah definitely but also like how dare you talk about sex openly if you're not married like you are a you are not even like a single lady like you are an an unwed lady Hmm. how dare you talk about sex like you it's not a thing and I even remember oh my goodness I remember starting um so we went to a girl's school which I think we've mentioned before but I remember before like the day before I started year seven my mum our mum my mum she's not yours um she was like if anyone tells you to go with them and meet boys don't do it she said like, that? No. St- she said that. You were there. Were you- I don't think you were listening. You were just like, Ugh, okay, whatever. I was like, you um, before, no, genuinely. Genuinely. Yeah. She was just like, don't, don't do it. And if you see a boy, don't you dare hold his hand. And I was like, God damn. What does that mean? Holding hands? Oh, shit. If we hold hands, are we married? Like, I, like, we are, 
I think that kind of created a really like unhealthy view of relationships and and sex and marriage in my head kind of growing up with that yeah um well I mean speaking speaking of that it seems like with these with these new guidelines actually parents have the option of withdrawing their child from um from the sex education classes but they can only withdraw them like up to three times or sorry until three terms before they are 16 like once they're 16 that's it they have to learn about this stuff like you can't keep them sheltered forever and I feel like because you know the UK is so multicultural you've got so many different ethnicities so many different cultures and backgrounds that all have their own beliefs I think we're really gonna be like seeing this like you're gonna get parents who are gonna say what you're trying to teach my child about porn nope they're not going to be taught about porn okay but then they're not going to be taught about porn but then they're going to be you know like looking for it on the you know they're going to be on the down low (laughs) they're going to be looking for it on the down low (laughs) (laughs) sorry that was the only word i could find and it's going to be so much more harmful because like you know that they're going to be exposed to a lot of toxic stuff they're going to see, you know, a lot of unrealistic depictions of women, de- unrealistic depictions of what sex actually is. Would you not rather have them be taught about porn in a safe environment where they're being taught, like, you know, respect for women, respect for sex, um, rather than, like, have them look at something that degrades yeah. women in sex? I mean, it's but for, also, like, for me, it's a no-brainer, but for yeah. other parents of different cultures they obviously have their own reasoning but I feel like I'd rather have my child be taught something in a safe environment rather than them learning about it in a toxic and you know un not regulated but yeah in a place that no but it is it is regulated like let's be real they'll talk about porn but they won't talk about BDSM like that's not something that that will come up but is that something that should be well i well i was just i was just gonna say like i i don't i don't think it's healthy to um to take your child out of these lessons i i fully understand like the cultural um kind of view of i don't want my child to be learning about masturbation i don't want my child to be learning about this this and this i don't want them to think that sex before marriage is okay which is absolutely fine i completely get that um but I also don't think that, like, when it comes to stuff like, um, like, kind of learning about being trans or learning about LGBTQ plus or learning about, um, like, porn, people, there needs to be an awareness. I think you, because otherwise it's, you're kind of like, um, there's just like a negative connotation with it all, I think think and then with that comes shame and you don't want to bring shame into sex education or into into that kind of like relationships and sex in general because that that's what creates like like really unhealthy behaviors so i i i don't know maybe maybe it's just me but i like when a child is older or when when a young person is older maybe they do need to learn about all the different kinds of stuff and like fetishes because like let's be real like you know they're gonna get exposed to that at one like at one point in their life anyway but if you're if they're exposed to it and they realize that they like it but it's 
it's been ingrained in them that no, like all porn is bad, then there's like a shame that comes with that. And they're just kind of like, oh God, mm. like, like what am I? There's the kind of like that disgust in themselves. Whereas like, if you like something, you like something, just do it in a safe, kind of in a safe way that doesn't hurt other people and where like both parties are consenting or all parties are consenting. Hmm. Just that, I think that's, yeah. I that's, think that's, that's just that's just my view. I just think that like you can't kind of you can't take kids away from you you there should there needs to be an awareness basically. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing that should be taken out of like these new guidelines that what kids need to be taught ultimately is basically having respect for people, uh being safe uh with themselves, being safe with other people, um consenting most importantly as well um and just like knowing that there's nothing to be ashamed of really and you know just knowing that you can hopefully have someone to talk to as well like if you have questions or if you have doubts um and that that's why I hope like a lot of a lot of kids take from this because you know if if they're not getting it at home that's another story obviously mm. that needs to be something that's that's um you know addressed and questioned entirely by itself but it, at least they're getting that source of you know information or whatever from from somewhere and if that somewhere is school then that's that's totally fine like you know i think schools do have the responsibility to teach this type of stuff and um yeah, I really I really hope like we see some positive changes because of because of these you know new guidelines. I wonder if in like the relationships part of it. So you said they're going to be teaching about healthy relationships. Yes, so um health and relationships, so re- uh, relationships in sex education in secondary school relationship education primary school and then health education is going to be introduced as a compulsory subject in all schools um, who uh, already teach PSHE so health education uh, includes uh, mental well-being internet safety and harms physical health and and fitness uh, healthy eating drugs alcohol and tobacco uh, hygiene and health prevention and basic first aid uh, so that's what's going to be under the scope of health education. So it's not just like uh, running around and doing your drills. It's also going to include mental health, which is very, very good. Yeah. I mean, I do some of that stuff that you listed, apart from the mental health. I feel like we already kind of that I, I was taught that stuff in PSHCE. And I think that's what the health that that's what the H in PSHCE, PH, whatever, whatever the acronym is. PSHE. No, so what I was going to ask is when it the relationships topics that they cover, I really hope they cover like um, abuse and the different types of abuse mm. because like the warning signs and stuff is like people need to know about them. People need to be aware of of them if either you're in it or if like, you know, you kind of think that like your friend or like someone you know could potentially be in um an abusive relationship and there's so there's like there's different types so i think people generally think that like domestic violence or like you know physical abuse is the only kind but there's so many um 
so many different types and I do think that I really hope that that's in the curriculum as well because also you know people like there's so much um hype around your first relationship and stuff and people like kids young children young children young people are so like keen and so desperate to be in a relationship that they'll kind of just get with anyone just to say that they're in one and it it should be really like a healthy relationship should really be emphasized and it should really be emphasized that like don't don't settle don't go for anyone um and like make sure that you really like this person and make sure that they treat you right I think that should really be emphasized I think it's all well and good to say uh but if you've got teenagers trying to like outdo each other then you know, I think all of that kind of goes out the window because you've got, what did I hear this? I heard this the other day that said something like the teenage brain like is like seeks out adrenaline and it's going to seek out, you know, all, all that fun stuff, the dangerous stuff. So if you tell someone, be careful, I'm sure as a teenager, you, we, we, we would, as a teenager, we would have been like, no, I'm not going to be careful. I'm going to do what is fun. Um, and I think that's that's the point I'm trying to make. I think it's good to say that people should be taught that, but I know I think in reality it might be difficult to to kind of like implement. But it's good yeah. for someone to have to have the information there because you know everyone is kind of kind of grows into their awareness at different times and in different ways. So mm-hmm. if you have a support group around you. Um, of people that do know the warning signs of abuse, uh, yeah. physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, at least you hopefully have a support network around you. And that's, you know, that's also good for kids to learn. I mean, it might feel like a, a heavy thing to put on a on a teenager so young, but it's better that people know from a young age rather than having to look back when they're older and just, you know, kind of see themselves retrospectively in that abusive relationship yeah Um, I agree I agree going back to what you said about the teenage brain that is something that I think people need to understand that the teenage brain is genuinely different like honestly like teenagers are a whole other species like it's normal for them to sleep until like one o'clock in the p.m in the afternoon that's what it is um (laughs) that's that's normal like genuinely their brain and their bodies need that like they need all of that sleep for the extra development they you're like you're completely right like or like risk-taking behaviors are Mm, much more prevalent in teenagers so but i i think that it's so like society now we don't see teenagers as different we just it's just it's a label for that age group Mm. but for us for society it's you're a child up until a certain point and then you're overnight you your body develops and you grow and then okay you're an adult act like an adult like think like an adult and it's just that's just not how it goes like life is phases life is development and teenagers are developing and that phase in their life is a phase where you know their body and their brains one you know like 
because they get rewarded like risk-taking behaviors yes there's there's a massive reward that comes with it yeah dopamine yeah all that dopamine all that dopamine flooding around Everyone wants a bit of dopamine. Everyone loves dopamine. Let's let's all go out and dopamine ourselves. Um, but also, um, dopamine. Don't do drugs, kids. Cause don't do dopamine. dopamine. Don't do what? <laughs> what? Don't do dopamine. <laughs> I don't know. Don't do dope. I mean, don't do, don't do dopamine, brothers. Um, oh God, we're a mess. We're a mess. There's not, there's not been any drinking in this episode and we're still we're a mess <laughs> i know i know um yeah so i mean hopefully just to kind of like round things up i th- i really hope that um this is kind of like a new a new phase in the way that young people are gonna be educated in the uk and i really hope that that also kind of like translates outside the school gates as well like we you know young people educate us all at the same time like you can learn from anyone in your life and I read mm-hmm. I you know hopefully that kind of thinking and that new attitude is taken back home where someone might be struggling with a not so open household and maybe they feel the confidence to speak out if they feel safe enough of course um, but yeah hopefully things things start to change and for the better yeah hopefully on that note, I think we have reached the end of the episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening as always. Uh, join us again next Thursday. Uh, we will be back with another episode. We will be also leaving um, a few helplines in the show notes. Like if you are experiencing bullying, um, you know, feel free to give uh, those helplines a call like we're in no way being sponsored by any of these organizations or charities but i thought it was I mean, a I nice idea sponsor <laughs> no probably not but you know it's nice <laughs> it's nice to give people a helping hand and that's what we're doing we're giving people that's a helping hand and um yeah um if you i'm yeah tweet at us as well instagram us yeah if you have if you have any questions or anything about what we've talked about today um we'll be happy to answer them um and also if we find any any kind of good resources about um kind of sex ed i know like talk to frank was massive about drugs in back in back in our day so if there's like another kind of um like a similar website or a similar resource for drugs and sex education we'll we'll try and link that too exactly so we will be back next week thank you again for joining us and um yeah have a awesome time have an awesome thursday it's almost (laughs) the weekend almost the weekend thank you for tuning in to love and other stuff don't forget to follow us on instagram at love and other stuff podcast and twitter at laos podcast You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts and anywhere else you get your podcast fix. Please leave us a five-star review. You'll be really helping us to get the love word out. Music by DJ What's For Dinner and cover art by Annie Spratt, courtesy of Unsplash.